Let's pray. Father, take us now back to that upper room and to that moment with Jesus and his disciples and the things he said to them and the, the gift he gave to them in the bread and the wine and the remembrance of his death. And so we pray that this would become clear to us and real to us tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this is a sermon about Jesus' departure. The Lord of the Rings opens with a party. The 111st birthday party of Bilbo Baggins. He's the host and he makes lavish preparations. We read there was a specially large pavilion, so big that the tree that grew in the field was right inside it. Lanterns were hung on all its branches. More promising still, an enormous open-air kitchen was erected in the north corner of the field. The host, Bilbo Baggins, called it a party, but it was really a variety of entertainments rolled into one. There were fireworks by the wizard Gandalf. There were presents for all the guests. There was a great dinner at which Bilbo gave a memorable speech, which ended with this announcement. I regret to announce, said Bilbo, that though, as I said, 111 years is far too short a time to spend among you, this is the end. I am going. I am leaving now. Goodbye. He stepped down and vanished. There was a blinding flash of light and the guests all blinked. I don't know if you know this story, this scene, this party, the 111st birthday of Bilbo Baggins. You will have to read The Lord of the Rings, only the first chapter, to read about it. Or watch the movie, or I think there's an upcoming new TV series, which costs several million, billion dollars, my kids tell me. Anyway, it's very human, isn't it? It's very natural to mark transitions with a meal with friends. 21sts, 40ths, 50ths, 80ths, graduations, weddings, going away parties. Perhaps you can call to mind meals that you have shared with friends that marked some change in your life or theirs. You can think of the place where this meal took place. You can think of who was there, who your companions were, which is a word that means your co-breaders, who ate with you. What was said, perhaps, in speeches, whether prepared or impromptu. Jesus marked his departure with a meal with friends, his companions, his disciples. He organised the place. As you enter the city, he said to Peter and John, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there. They left, found things just as Jesus had said. He organised the place. He organised the speech as well. He made a significant speech. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, it will not, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfilment in the kingdom of God. And this speech that Jesus gave ended with this kind of shocking announcement. But the hand 
of him who is going to betray me is with mine on the table. The Son of Man will go as it has been decreed, but woe to that man who betrays him. All of this happened on this night, but at the heart, the beating heart of this occasion, this evening together, is that they ate together and they drank together. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And so if at the heart of this, here is Jesus with his companions, his co-breaders, eating and drinking. Let's ask, what was this meal? How does it involve us? And what might it mean for us? Firstly, this meal was a Passover meal that became... The Last Supper, it's what we know it as today. Passover remembers a departure as well, actually. The departure of the Israelites from Egypt, where they had been living as rather oppressed slaves. And that meal was based around a lamb, a lamb roasted over the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. That is the centre of the memorial meal that was Passover. At the original event, the lamb's blood daubed on the doorframe of the house, signalled that those inside belonged to the Lord. And the plague of death that came upon Egypt, upon the firstborn, passed over that household and they were spared. And this meal was to be eaten a certain way. This is how you shall eat it. Your loins girded like you're ready just to rush out the door and get going. Your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand and you shall eat it hurriedly the Passover of the Lord. This meal remembered a sudden, hurried departure into a long journey into the wilderness. Ultimately, it was a journey out of slavery in Egypt to freedom in the Promised Land. And the meal remembered, therefore, how Israel belonged to God, how he had remembered them, how he had come to them and he had redeemed them, he had set them free, he had given them a new life. Jesus gave his disciples a new departure to remember. His last supper before his departure to the cross and his death on the cross. And first he signals to his disciples that things are changing here. The life they had had together is ending. They won't share this meal together again until it finds fulfilment in the kingdom of God. They won't share a cup again until the kingdom of God comes. The departure, the separation will be temporary or just be until the kingdom of God comes. But there will be an absence. There will be a separation. And so for that absence, that separation, he secondly gives them a new way to remember him and to understand his departure, his death. What does it mean? Why did it happen? Verse 19, he took bread, gave thanks and broke it. And gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. The disciples were to receive and to eat from a shared loaf. They were to receive and to drink from a shared cup. 
And the bread was a sign and a token of my body given for you. What was soon to happen to Jesus, the suffering and death of Jesus in his body, was a gift. A gift given for the benefit of Jesus' friends. Jesus' death would become what sustained their life with God. Spiritual nourishment. For his death averted the judgment of God. The Passover lamb, that first Passover, averted the judgment of God and so Jesus' giving of his body that the disciples share is the the passing over of death and the preservation of life of the disciples. The cup of wine was a sign and a token of the new covenant, the new deal in my blood. The old covenant was sealed with the blood of sacrificed animals. This symbol of the solemn life and death bonds that bound the Lord and Israel together. Jesus seals a new covenant, but not with the blood of any animal, but with his own blood. We belong to God. We are welcome at his table. We are adopted as his children because our sin, our alienation from God, our failures, our inflexibility, our inadequacy, our blindness and weakness, our complacency, all our guilt and our fear and our self-loathing and our doubt, all of that has all been atoned for. It's all been overcome. It's all been abolished through Christ's self-giving death. He took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. What was to happen to him was a betrayal, a bitter, guilty betrayal by a companion, a bread sharer, a friend. But it was also the plan and purpose of God. The Son of Man will go as it has been decreed. It was an intentional, purposeful, fruitful and productive activity of God, a deed of Jesus, his giving of himself for us. To bring us to God. And Jesus is here the prophet of his own destiny. He is the interpreter of his own death. So that's what the meal was. Secondly, how does this involve us? It was a long time ago, wasn't it? We weren't there. How does it involve us? Well, Jesus offered the one true sacrifice for sin. His death was not just for those gathered in the upper room. It was not just for Israel. It was rather the sacrifice that all the world's sin cannot exhaust. It's open to all to take hold of, to trust in, to find forgiveness through. It is unique. It is the one and only, the peerless, one true sacrifice for sin. Not just for those in the room, not just for those at the time, for us, for everyone.
And so the Last Supper becomes the Lord's Supper. You may not have been at the Lord's table, the the Last Supper, but because we can belong to the Lord, and that is expressed when we come to his table at the Lord's Supper. And we say again his words, this is my body given for you. This is my blood of the new covenant. We share a loaf and a cup. We receive, we eat, we receive and we drink. We remember that last supper. The death and the resurrection that followed. And we remember that all this is for us too. What might then this mean for us? Well, this not only involves us in Jesus' death and his new life and connects us to God, it also involves us with one another. Communion is a shared meal, not a private experience. It's a communal occasion. And we gather as those who belong to the Lord and who therefore belong to one another. John's Gospel highlights this in its report of the new commandment that Jesus gave. I give you, said Jesus, a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Now, life around the family table is not always easy. It's not always smooth. There are inevitably tensions, disagreements, differences that do not go easily together. But a common faith in Jesus, a common commitment to the message that his apostles proclaimed means a common belonging. It means a communion, a fellowship of companions. Paul tells us, therefore, to bear with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit. Jesus is absent in body. We live our lives awaiting the coming fulfilment of the kingdom of God. But Jesus is also present in spirit. And as we take and eat this, as we drink this in remembrance that Christ died for you, for me, we may feed on him in our hearts by faith with thanksgiving. Because he's not completely absent. He's only absent in body. He is present by his spirit. And having come to this meal and remembered these things, we can walk out of here with the assurance, the assurance that we are loved, that you are loved by God and that you belong to God through Christ. It's a mighty assurance. We can be filled with gratitude that Jesus has been willing to give his body and shed his blood for our salvation. We can go out of here with hope that we will come to the banquet prepared for when Christ's kingdom comes, comes in its fulfilment, its glory, its permanence. And we can go out of here not just with assurance and gratitude and hope, but with the task and the challenge of living in love. First for our brothers and sisters in Christ, and then for all our fellow human beings. All of this can be found and unfolds out of that evening in the upper room. Let's pray.
Lord, uh, as Jesus prophesies to us and interprets to us the meaning of his death and giving to his apostles the the Lord's Supper, the remembrance of his death in the sharing of bread and wine, we pray that the truth of it and the message of it would come home to our hearts, that we could have the assurance that we are loved, we belong to you through Christ. We could have gratitude that Jesus has been willing to give everything he gave, his own life, his body, his blood. Give us then the hope that Jesus had that we will come to the banquet in the kingdom and in the meantime sustain us in that task and challenge of living together in love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.